Hello, hello. I am celebrity marketing expert, Lori Levine. Hey now, I'm digital content creator, Lisa Levitt. We are diehard Howard Stern Show listeners looking to connect with other female superfans. And this is the Pop Pop Podcast. Hey now, welcome to Peace and Love Part 3. As you guys are aware, the Stern Show is on a much-deserved summer break. In lieu of the Stern Show, we have summer school. And two of our most favorite Stern Show staffers had made an appearance recently. JD and Jonathan Blitt have brought our food crawl to the Stern Show summer school. So we'll talk about that as well. Do we potentially have our next Marianne feud on our hands? Marianne versus Jonathan Blitt. We'll see. So sit back, stay tuned, grab a nice glass of your favorite drink this beautiful summer day, and listen to the Paw Paw Podcast up next. So I have I have so many half siblings. Uh, I have four half siblings, and then you know so many cousins, and it's like there was so much family on my father's side of the family. It was just crazy. But it was so when my when my brother finally met my stepchildren. And he's so nutty. Um, <laughs> he's so nutty. But my brother is so nutty that he, he's a little like JD. Like, you know, he's he's a little on the spectrum. He's G- genius level smart, but like, you know, he's just, he's, he has, he's definitely processes things a little differently. And um, I'll give you an example. My brother um, was a bouncer with Keith Haring and um, at a place called the Mud Club here in New York City. And then one night, um, and he used to also work at CBGB. So it was like, and he's such a hyper conservative. And I didn't find this out until like four years ago. <laughs> so I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, didn't I tell you about that time I played with the Clash? And I go, huh? what? So now, and he, and he literally goes, huh. and I'm like, what, what? And I know that that means that he's telling himself a story in his head and he's not, and I'm like, say it out loud. What the hell happened? And he's like, yeah, I was working at CBGB's one night and then they were moving over like the knitting factory, whatever, talking about some venue. And he's like, and the, the, the drummer for the clash was like all strung out on heroin. And the night before I had played uh, the mud club and uh, Joe Strummer saw me there. So he said, do you know any of our songs? And he's like, I know some, but not all. He's like, but I know a lot of my songs and like jazz stuff. And he goes, all right. So Joe Strummer says to the clash, we're only going to play jazz tonight for the record label at this 11 o'clock show. And my brother was the drummer. Oh my God. I was and like, so- what? <laughs> what is happening? Story? Right. So hold on. So this happens. Then he comes over to my house to see the kids. You know, the kids are like, and I'm regaling them with these stories because, you know, I'd much rather him talk about this than talk about any politics or whatever. And then he tells this story to which they responded, can we call you Uncle George? It was the most <laughs> incredible thing. George tells me that when he was in high school, um, he had gone to a party. We were in Queens. He had gone to a party and he had heard about, uh, and he had met this guy, really funny guy who was like, uh, like playing like some off-Broadway kind of like avant-garde kind of show. Um, and his friend was like, Hey, can you help this guy? He just needs a place to crash. He's like working every night and he doesn't really have a place to sleep during the day. And he's like, yeah, all right. So he brings him home. He lets him crash on the, on, on the couch in our basement. And he goes, yeah, but you got to get out of here by like four 30 because my dad, my stepdad, my dad's going to come home and he's going to lose his shit if he sees anybody here. So the guy was like, okay, no problem. My brother stays with him, gets him up, gets him out. And I was like, okay. And he goes, yeah, that guy's name is John Belushi. I was like, oh my God. What? <laughs> I'm like, how did you hold on to this story for 40 fucking years? 
Oh my God. Anyway, so there's, and God knows he's a fucking vault. Like there's so much more that goes on in there. And like, and to be clear, I didn't believe it all. So then I went back and I Googled who he was talking about when they were doing it, where he was working at the time. And it's all there. It's all like legit. It's the timeline where I was like, anyway, oh my God. and he's not cool, by the way. There's nothing cool about this guy. Nothing. He wears like, you know, he worked for the government. He wears shoes with rubber bottoms, like literally (laughs) because, you know, you have to wear rubber bottom shoes. I guess I don't know whatever the reason was. He's not cool. He didn't even try to be cool, but he's he's had a life. He's had a big, big life. Crazy. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. One day, you know, we'll do a family thing one day. We can tell all kinds of psycho stories about (laughs) our chosen families that you and I both have like. A lot, I mean, other than choosing oh, each other as family. Exactly. Oh, oh my time. gosh. So how much do you listen when Stern shows on vacation? Like, do you listen to the wrap up show? Do you listen to old Stern shows? Like, I'm just curious. I don't always listen to the specials. I mean, I get there eventually. But right now, since Howard's on vacation, I'm listening a lot to Stern show summer school. And I certainly like to go back and listen to some of the archive stuff because it just reminds me of when I was growing up listening to him. Sometimes I'll just go back into Sternthology on the Sirius app and literally pick shows and things like that. Like nothing makes me happier than new episode. I'm like, ooh, vacation, new episode. This could be anything. And it's always compilations, which I love. Yeah, for me. So, you know, depending on the special when they're they're airing them, then I'll listen to them. But I'm very much I'll take the opportunity to actually go back to the previous weeks because we, let's just face it, like we all try to listen. But sometimes you miss up a wrap up show or sometimes you just might miss a day. So I'll go back and review any of the, the shows that I hadn't had an opportunity to listen to or if I had to skip something because of work. Um, I'll listen to Sternthology. I'll listen to wrap up show, um, mm-hmm. especially if they have a special guest like they had John Lieberman as an example. So yes. Let's talk about the return of John Lieberman. I love John Lieberman, by the I way. I love John Lieberman. I'm so I'm, happy. He I'm needs so to happy. Him. He needs to be on. Why doesn't show up to the meeting? Fucking John Lieberman. John Lieberman's too big to come to a meeting, a wrap up show meeting. Look at this guy. Okay. First of all, Rasan, I was doing radio when you were still in the womb. Okay. Let's talk about John Lieberman for a second and his return because I mm-hmm. love me some John Lieberman. Love, love, love. And I was so happy to hear him on uh, the wrap up show on the day that they did the Marianne from Brooklyn feuds episode. Yes, Marianne. She's so sweet. So sweet. And I love her. And we love you, Marianne. But now that we are such good friends with her, obviously, because like, you know, the three of us are just texting with Marianne from Brooklyn all the time, I was going bonkers. I love Rasan. Rasan is like a cool guy. And when he's on, when Gary and John Heiner there, all of a sudden he like balances them out. And he's like, it's not such just like, you know, you know, white guy world. Like he really give, and he's younger than them. And he just gives a perspective. But when Rasan is there solo, his personality gets big. And I was losing my mind because they made Marianne from Brooklyn hold. Yes, they did the whole rundown. Minutes. And talked about her and then like, okay, Marianne, we're going to make you hold on cue. (laughs) 43 minutes. They made her hold while they're talking over and over again about feud after feud after feud. And then when Rasan picks up, he's like, Marianne, I just want to let you know if you're going to freak out. And I'm like, give her a chance to say hello and freak out before you scold her. They only let her talk for seven minutes. And that was it. And I was like, you know, the woman's got stuff to talk about. 
we talked to her for 90 minutes and it just we and we could have gone on more. So as I'm texting this to her and she's like, oh, sweetie, it's OK. I love that they were talking about me and all. But I was just like, no, I just I was I felt bad. I felt bad for her. I was like, come on, 43 minutes and you're going to talk about her best feuds. You've got her on hold. We know this because the first thing Rasan said was. She's on hold. The show just started. Marianne is already on the phone. It's the Howard Stern wrap up show. It's me, Rasan, John Lieberman. And we'll have yes, more sir. right after this. We'll be right back. Oh, it was. She's already called Get in. Her up. Get her up and let her say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like I like again, I don't really know her that well, but I don't think she minds. Like, I think probably we mind more than she minds. And I think she did we mind more. Than yeah, she. I think she did. And I, I messaged it to you. I was like, oh, great job. You know, great episode. One of the things I think they could have done is, yeah, been a lot more balanced. Like instead of just doing the whole like scripted, like run through and walk through, they had an opportunity and she would have known like to say, hey, Marianne, what did you feel about this? And they could have if she was going off too much, they could have just re- steered it um and made it like she she could have been the third collaborator on the wrap-up show um so yeah i agree like she did an excellent job and those the time that she spent after that was probably the best time those last seven minutes were the best seven minutes i agree 100 yeah i didn't understand why rasan was giving so much relentless shit to john lieberman i'm like you're what big upping me you're one upping me like because he didn't go to the he didn't go to the prep meeting or they told like yeah whatever two inside no yeah. one knows. I mean, yes, we understand that you have a show and there's a prep meeting. We get that. But every listener doesn't really care that he missed it. He doesn't care Apparently, that he didn't go to the stand up, like whatever. <laughs> someone told him like, he, yeah. listen, it's not a big deal. You don't have to do it. You know, it's a 30 minute thing. And like Rasan steering the ship like Rasan, you can steer the ship. I just didn't understand why he was so offended by it. You just need, you need to calm down. We got a long show ahead of us. And I feel like you're you're just kind of blowing it all at the top of the show. I'm not blowing anything. I'm just trying to, you know, listen, moving forward, it'd be nice if you attended these meetings. Everyone else who's part of the show attends these meetings, but fucking Hollywood Lieberman over here. Big, big shot Lieberman's too good for the meeting. And then I'm just kind of like, why do you got to get so big? And he also got big with JD. Yes. So so the previous week as well, JD was a special host on wrap up. Um, and of course, you know, JD's going to have his opportunity and you have to call him on it. But I just, I felt like he was, he, you know, and again, I mean, it might be a front, but in Rasan, please don't block us <laughs> because he mentioned that he blocks people, but, uh, he, like, he was just kind of like, just really like going in hard and really leaning in on him and like, Hey, JD, what are you doing? Or are you showing up late? And you went to the bathroom. It's like fucking guy, big times me. He's not even sitting down in his seat when it's time to get back on air. What the fuck, dude? You were doing the intro as I was coming. Man, in. what does that mean? As I was sitting down, what did I Fucking do? Fucking Hollywood Harmeyer. I had to get some water for Christ's sake. Well, like I like relax, like it's just <laughs> yeah. And here's what got me. Which, and by the way, I love Rasan. I have been to the yes, wrap up show. Same here. When I w- when I went to the wrap up show, Rasan was living in L.A. already. No one knew that. So uh, all of a sudden, I walk in and I was like, "Where is he?" And they're yeah. like. He's online. So he's already online, already doing that. But I still sent gifts to all three of them, to Gary. I sent him um, chocolate Cheerios uh, in a bowl that it was specifically a cereal bowl that said the word chocolate on it. So I sent that because he loves his Cheerios and he loves his chocolate. I sent uh, John Hine. um, I'm trying to remember what I sent him. But for Rasan, I sent him special... um, 
a, a gift for his daughter and then special laces that don't need to be tied. Oh yeah. Then when you're running runner. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was, cause even though he wasn't there, I was like really happy, you know, that they let me be there and listen in. And it was a very different experience being behind the scenes because some of the things like John Hines sometimes pretends that he doesn't know things. And when they went to commercial, I was like, do you not know that? And he turned around and he's like, of course I know that. Yeah. It's just a mechanism a to little, get the conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. So he is a little more, I give him, I, we have to give John Hine a little credit that he's, a, uh, he's more savvy uh, than he is on air behind the scenes. And I really do get that. But um, I don't know. I was just like, and most of the time I like, fully agree with like everything Rasan says, you know, like I'm, I'm right there with him 100%. But for some reason this week, I started to feel like, well, you're picking on the puppies. Yeah. He's, he's puffing his chest up a bit and he's, and I get it. Like some it's in, it's, it's for jokes, but, um, you know, it's like a little bit of balance. I like chill Rasan too. (laughs) It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to come out guns blazing. Yeah. And then also something happened this week, you know, Blitz on another tour. Yes. And then he posted a picture today of him, of JD and somebody, people are very mean, can be very mean on Instagram. <laughs> and it really upset me because I saw it and I was like, oh, look, he's friends with JD. Like they were, they're hanging out in real life. And someone wrote, you know, he's not your friend, JD. Like he's just using you. He's just using you for like, the show. And <laughs> I don't believe it. I think that JD is Jonathan Blitz muse. Like, I think that Jonathan, John Blit loves JD so much and he wants to kind of always be around him and like get him out doing things and having him experience things just like we would want to have dinner with JD. Don't you think? I think so too. I think it's very interesting as well just to pick up on that and tie it back to a couple of weeks ago when Ronnie was on. And I think someone had mentioned like, oh, now JD's, you know, spending a lot of time with Blay, you know, Ronnie, you know, Ronnie used to be like, yeah. And Ronnie, and Ronnie used to be like, JD's right-hand man is BFF. This is the guy that, you know, took him ring shopping, right? <laughs> but, he mo- so, then, but yeah, but then he doesn't get invited to the wedding. And yeah. he also moved. I mean, Ronnie's gone. They can't be hanging out that way. Exactly. Uh, so I, I think, like, I, I th- again, we don't know these people, but I think it's genuine there. I do think, again, they all work on the show and they're, everything is content. Um, so we don't, we don't know the context of why they're hanging out, but yeah, I think, I think obviously that everybody's friendly, like, come on, they wouldn't be hanging out after hours with each other. I guess, but you know, I think that JD lives in New Jersey now and I think Blit lives in the city. So, um, it's just, and I don't know, like you go to Jersey. I know like my husband's from New Jersey originally. He was born there. And once a year he goes with his boys out to play poker for the night and he sleeps over. Um, because he doesn't want to drive back. He wants to have fun. And they all do this, like the whole lot of them. It's almost like they're going camping, but they just go to one guy's house and then they just- Apartment like, oh. camping. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I mean, but yeah. they're, you know, they're also like 50-year-old men who are out in the middle of the suburbs. Like they're not sleeping in the backyard. I'm like, where do you all sleep? And my husband's like, I don't know where everybody lands. You know, it's like, the, you know, it's a grown man with many bedrooms because the kids have all, all moved out. Like, and I don't know how his wife would feel about that. Like if my husband was doing multiple sleepovers, I'd be like, no. You, I get once a year you want to go and do the poker trip with your friends. But if my husband was going and hanging out with his buddies and then sleeping over like more than once a year, I'd be questioning all that. I don't know. Am I being silly? What? I don't know. I, I don't think I would mind. Not necessarily. I, I think I would like to have full control of the TV remote for more than one occasion. So oh, we'll see. Oh, I'd be like, yeah, go, go. I can watch whatever I want on TV tonight. No problem. So that's, 
So I've been, I've been with my husband 22, 23 years. So maybe, maybe I'm past the, but no, I, I get it. Like, I, I think it just depends on the person that, as well and, and the yeah. relationship, but yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, I, I like I having control it. of the remote. <laughs> Did I hear it right? That JD and John Blit are going antiquing. Because John yes. wants to go antiquing and JD, why is JD going? Like, do you think he's going to look for baseball cards? I would, I think it's some, I would imagine it's probably some sort of bit where, where Blit is bringing him along and just, you know, saying, hey, JD, what do you think about these antiques? I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but uh, yeah, that'd be hilarious if he went to get his baseball cards appraised. <laughs> they should do that. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, and speaking of JD and Jonathan Blit, they were on Stern Show Summer School this week and Marianne had yet another feud with Marianne versus Jonathan Blit. What do you think of that? Yeah, I know. Marianne versus Blit really took me by surprise. I think that I don't know, somewhere she might believe that Bobo requesting Sylvester Stallone or Sarah Silverman or certainly Michael Rappaport to help him form his questions over the summer. Or so- perhaps Blit putting the idea into Bobo's mind about using Michael Rappaport then maybe in September he'll be ready to come back on air and not sound like such an idiot. But because Marianne very much is like, absolutely not, Bobo, you're dead to me, I think that she then sees Blit as supporting Bobo. But the bottom line is that's Blit's job. Like, he doesn't have a choice of who he's going to support. And I think also because it, you know, it skirts on the side of Chris Wilding and Blit working together that also is a, is a trigger for her because she's very upset with Chris Wilding because during COVID he was really all over her and she never forgave him for that. So now just think that, yeah, Marianne, I don't think she should worry about Bobo because he's just going to fuck everything up again. And it's not going to be a thing. Like no matter who helps him in every possible way, he will figure out how to screw it up, how to tell lies, how to not be thankful, how to take credit for someone else's work. Like Marianne from Brooklyn, we love you. You are the queen of all whack packers and you are our queen, but baby girl, don't worry. Bobo will fuck it up for himself. Remember he doesn't have you in his corner anymore. Oh my God. One more thing I was listening to and, and we can wrap up after this if you want, but I was listening to an old episode of, um, with Shuli and, mm. uh, I think it was like Bobo. And then Bobo was like talking about how he was in the military and basically he was just like, he would like cook like hamburgers. Like that's literally what he did. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was the cook. 100%. Yeah. He got like a, he got like a 22 on that, uh, the test you take when you want to go into the army normally, un- like if you score, you know, 90 and above, and then you can like, you know, I don't know, be special ops or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He got a 22, which is like basically like super failing. Right. And then they called Brent in and Brent was just talking about it. And Brent's really was so smart when it comes, came to the stuff. And then Shuli chimes in and goes, I share an office with Brent and Brent (laughs) is really weird. And then Howard's (laughs) like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I recorded Brent. He like talks to himself or he moans. Makes noises when he's on a computer. Yeah. And he plays this thing where Brent's like, "Mm -hmm, mm 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was crazy and it sounded really sexual and it would have freaked me out if I was sitting next to somebody who was like, if you and I were sitting next to each other and all of a sudden you were like, mm, mm-hmm. I'd be like, what else going wrong? And that's a, that's definitely an interesting PowerPoint you're working on yet. <laughs> crazy. And yep. you know, so, and then I just miss, and I bring it up because I know that you um, probably have some amazing Brent versus Shuli um, stuff that we can pop up here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's I, I, I miss them. I just miss them. There was so much there. Yeah. You know, in, you know shout out to Shuli. You can follow him on Instagram. And if you're listening to podcasts, Shuli it's Agar. the Shuli Agar, the Shuli show. Do a search for the Shuli show and you can listen to and the Miserable Men show um, where he has a podcast with Brent as well. Um and some of the uh, miserable men, but yeah, I think there's, there was definitely a dynamic there that is needs is trying to be filled or is now gapped. Again, the show has evolved. So we no longer have Brent and Shuli. We probably have Blit and and JD. Who knows what will come. We've got JD. We've got Mike. We've got Chris Wilding. Like there's definitely a lot of people, people, you know, and, and we need them by the way, you know, Howard said something. This is one of the things that I rarely disagree with things Howard says, but one of the things he said was like, Oh yeah. Like my guys, like they're, they're air horse. I didn't understand that. I was like, but they do such a good job. And like, how come, I don't know. Like, isn't the whole idea to like make stuff for air and then getting on air. So I didn't know why he said that. I don't mind. I I think it's wistful about the show this week. I like to have a balance of like one good interview, maybe a week or biweekly, and then a balance of a couple of like um, things, you know, talking to the staff and, you know, I like cleaning out the computer because it's, it's yeah, I like their super random stuff. I don't even mind if it's the old stuff from like 2016 or 2017 or like the Karen's send Wolfie everywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, this is what I wanted to say about Rasan. Rasan, um, I love you and I respect you and I can't agree more on one. You and I will never disagree on this one point because you know that the Whack Packers are are starting to float into our DMs. Oh, yes. I absolutely. I'll give him props. Yeah. When he was saying like, don't, don't engage. Don't DM. No, no, no. We are heeding your warning, Rasan. We are not engaging. (laughs) We're not. No, thank you. The Whack Pack is floating in. I won't say who, but we are getting inundated and the answer is we're not you know, we're not coming for whack packers that is not what the pop-up podcast is about it's about female super fans our friends so just yeah. so you know peace and love peace, peace and love, love, <laughs> love. yeah in limbo though yeah exactly no um, i totally agreed with with him when he was saying that like do not engage and then it's just and and i get where lieberman was coming from when he's like okay well i had it in a different context like i had to engage them because that was the source of our stories and follow-ups for the well, show he has to. i mean he yeah. and wolfie and that's another thing then rasan said this thing to wolfie and he was like well i know it's your job to talk to the whack pack and i was like well wolfie's so much more than just that i mean he brings a lot to the table he brought his grandmother and he brought his mom and he goes all over the country to those crazy weird uh, conventions. And I was just like, I don't know if he'd said it to me, like, Oh, I know it's your job to talk to the whack pack. It's like, that's not my only job, buddy. You know, I do a lot more than that, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm feeling very protective of everyone on the show this week. I don't know where it's coming from. I will promise I will tear you guys down next time we do the pop-up podcast. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, I, that's all I got. That's all she wrote. <laughs> To watch or listen to episodes of the Pop Pop Podcast, visit our website at www.thepopoppodcast.com, as well for links to our social media or to contact us.
Disclaimer, the Pawpaw Podcast is not in any way affiliated to The Howard Stern Show. We are a fan podcast made by fans for fans.